hope you don't mind. I'm going to take a seat as well. So as you know, um, if you haven't been around Redeemer in our gatherings over the last month or two, we've been, obviously, these are simpler days that we're in. Um, but one of the beautiful things, maybe you, you will agree, is that we've been able to hear from different voices in our community. We've been doing this series called My Word in Season, Our Word in Season. I think it's been a really comforting thing, encouraging thing, beautiful thing just to hear from one another. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, there's been some, some encouraging words, words, promises, experiences that have sustained each of us through this past season, no matter whether we're working in the health professions, whether we're teaching, whether we're running a business, whether we're just at home, just trying to get on with our lives. It's been good to hear from one another. Um, what are we going to do this morning? We're not going <laughs> to do that this morning, though. We're going to do something a little bit different. You're stuck with me this morning. Um, so we had someone lined up. Actually, last week, we had someone lined up to share. And uh, unfortunately, illness got in the way of that. That's life, isn't it? And then today, we had someone else that was lined up to share. And unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, they're not available this morning, not able to bring what they've going to bring. But hopefully, in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to hear from those. So this morning, I've pulled together a few thoughts and reflections so please bear with me. I want you to be on my team this morning. <laughs> is that all right? Um, it's been great to hear about, uh, as I say, a word in season. But before I get into stuff, I want to share some reflections that have been on my mind this week. But before we do, I want to read a passage of Scripture because what we do when we gather as the church is gather around the person of Christ. We, get, we do that by, by leaning into the Scriptures, the Bible, the Holy Word of God. Um, we sing songs and prayers together and we take communion. We're going to be taking communion this morning to finish as we do every week. It is our, our meal as Christians, but I want you to open your Bibles if you've got a smartphone. It will hopefully, it will hopefully be on the screen behind as well if you want to just follow along there. And it's just a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read the whole passage. Large portions of it, you'll be just like, what does this even mean? <laughs> That's Okay. We're, we we want to lean in the scripture and just let just let's just let's just recite the scripture together. Just let, expose ourselves to the scriptures. But I believe there's a, a beautiful truths in this, of course, that are gonna I think frame where we go this morning. So this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, "And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to, to know nothing." while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of the age, or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God's, like God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind, human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. That's a, 
just that verse right there. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I don't really know where to go with that, but you can just meditate on that whole, all day. Uh, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept that things come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let the Scriptures minister to you, raise questions in you, encourage you. But that last line, but we have the mind of Christ, has been on my mind this week. I don't know about you, but I've been glued to CNN for four days. Has anyone else been like following what's been going on with the U.S. election? Or am I just the only news junkie in the room? I mean, we can be very American-centric, I guess. We always look across the Atlantic to what the Americans are doing. But I do think that election um, impacts us all around the world, and we should be paying attention to it, but maybe not as much as I have glued to it. Um, I, uh, this is my, uh, my admission there. I want to speak a little bit about... It's been making me think about this mind, the mind of Christ that we have as Christians living in the world that we live in with all that is going on, not just the U.S. election, but certainly it is a big thing, the pandemic, of course, the economic crisis. I want to talk about three things. We belong to a different kingdom. We follow a different king. And despite the world, we should not fear but trust the goodness of God. If that's all you take away today, I want you to take those three things away. That we belong to a different kingdom. We follow a different king. And despite the world, despite the pandemic, despite less whatever goes in that space, we should not fear but trust in the goodness of God. I think in the world today that we live, politics is everything. I don't just mean about the U.S., of course. Even our pandemic is politicized. Um, school meals are politicized. Whether you're on the left or on the right, polit politics is the new religion. Um, and unless, I guess, we see the kingdom of God and are willing to rethink everything in light of Christ, having the mind of Christ, then we would put our faith in things like politics. Um, faith and ethics don't even come close, perhaps. Politics is the solution, perhaps. But as Christians, that's not the narrative that we live our story in. We have the mind of Christ, as that passage in 1 Corinthians 2 was saying. So if the kingdom of Christ is not perceived as a viable alternative society, then competition for conventional political power seems the only solution for influencing the world, right? If, I mean, if, you, we were, if we were not Christians following Christ and believing in an alternative kingdom, we would be looking to politics as one of the solutions, I guess, wouldn't we? But that's not our story. God may have occasionally worked uh, his will through pagan gods in the world before Christ, but we 
are now living in Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. I'm drawing from some teaching from Brian Zand in my thoughts and reflections and some of these words. If we look to God, uh, if we look for God to work his will through politics or through a national leader um, who often aligns with our own personal political beliefs, um, perhaps we haven't spent much time really considering the New Testament, the gospel. God is no longer raising up national leaders to enact his purposes. God has raised Christ Jesus up from the dead and the fullness of God's purposes are accomplished through him. That's our story. That's our story today as Christians. The Apostle Paul doesn't think about God raising up in his time Nero to accomplish his purposes in the world. But this is what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1. He says this, and hopefully it'll come on the screen, that God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. When we worship, like we've been worshiping this morning, some of those songs you were singing, there's all sorts of things happening. God ministers to us in our personal circumstances. But also, to declare that he is worthy of it all, that from him are all things and to him are all things, is deeply political. Deeply protest worship to declare that. What we were doing there was very, very political. It was personally ministering to us because we're made to worship the king, but it has something to say about this world in which we live. This is the kind of Christology that the Apostle Paul speaks about in that passage in Ephesians that should thrill our souls and inform our worldview. But if if Paul's rich Christology understanding all authority belonging to the Lord isn't real to us, then we can be tempted to look to politicians and other solutions for God to work out his divine purposes. And we can even look to those people as being, quote, anointed by God. And this mistake can be quite, well, it can be benign at times, and then it also can be deeply malignant at times too, particularly on Remembrance Sunday when we think about Germany in the 1930s. There are consequences to not understanding the full ramifications of the apostolic confession that Jesus is Lord. That's our story today. I think there's a a hope in this today, Redeemer. We're not interested in political theology that is mired in... Old Testament that fails to recognize that the Messiah has not come. But as Christians, we can sum up our worldview and our politics in those three words, that Jesus is Lord. We've been singing about it today. We've seen that picture in that song that Matt led us of the throne room of heaven in Revelation, taking the words from Revelation, where the elders throw their crowns at Jesus' feet, declaring that he is Lord. This is the kind of story we're caught up in. 
Brian Zahn says this. He says that I'm not reading Second Chronicles to understand how God's purposes are accomplished in the world of the 21st century. I'm reading Ephesians and Colossians. I'm not looking to King Cyrus. I'm looking to Christ. The resurrection of the Son of God changes everything. And if it doesn't influence our worldview, then we're failing to do theology well as Christians. And he paints this picture. He says, the Hebrew Bible ends in Second Chronicles with Jerusalem in ruins and the people of God exiled in Babylon. But the picture in Revelation ends with a flourishing new Jerusalem and Christ reigning over the nations. He, in the American context, of course, goes on to say that I'm not looking for a new Babylon where some elephant or donkey sits on the throne. Elephant and donkey, Republican, Democrat. But I'm looking to the new Jerusalem where the lamb sits on the throne. So, Redeemer, this morning I wanted to share that as a comfort to us and a reminder that we belong to a different kingdom. Three more scriptures for you. Since In Hebrews 12, it says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks. Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, For here we have no enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. We belong to a different kingdom. We follow a different king. We follow Christ. And here are some thoughts that I've had around what this kingdom is. This is a kingdom that dismantles our personal and corporate empires. It erases our walls and our boundaries, expels our fears and suspicions with the power of love. Love that one thing remains is the love of God. This is a kingdom of peace and of justice, of dignity for all, of grace and mercy, covers our feelings, of healing and hope for the wounds that we've caused and the wounds that have been caused upon us. The kingdom of God comes in Christ and it is an invisible kingdom, like yeast in a loaf of bread, like a seed planted deep, it grows deep and wide in the hearts of those who follow the different king. Christ. So in times of great uncertainty, a global pandemic that has caused great loss and death and restriction and economic instability, fear, that has stripped us of the everyday joys, many of the everyday joys, not all, but many of the everyday joys that we have as humans to spend time together, to commune around the table and eat meals together and be in each other's lives in deeper ways, a time that has disrupted those plans to travel and dream. So much has been taken from us in these days, and life does seem harder in a thousand different ways. But we must remember this morning that we belong to a different kingdom. These are temporary days. These days will pass. We will move on. We will move out of this. But as Christians and followers of the way, we must look to this vision of the different kingdom, of the new Jerusalem, of that throne with the Lamb of God upon it, who gathers the nations under his feet. And we belong to it, Redeemer. We are children of God this morning. 
and we trust in our Father God in heaven, despite what is going on in the world, despite the chaos or the turmoil, we belong to a different kingdom, our Father God in the heavens, and we place our hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ to save us, to heal us, to bring us hope, to bring peace to our souls, to bring peace to our homes, to bring peace to our communities, to bring peace to our nations. Have we forgotten our hope, our Christian hope, that we are receiving a kingdom that will not be shaken, is not of this world? Let us give thanks. I'm comforted to know that the burden that life can take is a little bit like the Advent life. We're a few weeks out from Advent, where conflict and struggle are expected, and the promise comes to us from our Lord. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have a king in Christ who is worthy of our lives, worthy of us following him and allowing our lives to be shaped by him. And this kingdom and this Christ wants to whisper to your heart today, do not fear. Because this is a kingdom of peace and shalom, not of fear. Do you remember that passage in Matthew 14 when the disciples were out in the boat and they see a ghostly figure coming toward them and they are deeply terrified? And they realize then, they hear these words, they realize that it's Christ walking on the waters and Christ says these words, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. I believe these are the words spoken over us today in the world that we're living today. Christ speaks it over all of our hearts in the room today and online, if you're watching online, take courage, do not be afraid. Do not fear you belong to a kingdom that will not be shaken and you are loved. Trust in me. Here is our hope that Jesus Christ is the, answer, is the answer to all our questions. But we do not always know what shape that takes in our lives. Theologian Charles Bartow says, painful and piercing questions trouble all our answers but notes that whereas faith sees the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, in Psalm 27, he says that faith sees this goodness not as deliverance from all danger and ambiguity, but as an encouragement to see us through danger and ambiguity. There will be tribulation, but do not fear. I have overcome the world. I am with you. The great German pastor, theologian, and Christian martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer similarly wrote of living unreservedly in life's duties and problems, successes and failures, experiences and perplexities. In so doing, we throw ourselves completely into the arms of God, taking seriously not our own sufferings, but those of God in the world, watching with Christ at Gethsemane. Despite our successes and failures, experiences and perplexities, we throw ourselves completely into the arms of God. Those are the words from Bonhoeffer. So Redeemer this morning, we belong to a different kingdom this morning. Despite what's going on in our own nation, despite what's going on in the US this morning, despite what's going on with this pandemic we're living through, despite what's going on with our economy, we belong to a kingdom that shall not be shaken. We have hope. In Christ our King. We follow that different King, and despite what the world is like today, we should not fear, but we should take courage. 
and we should look to Christ and we should not be afraid for he is with us. I just want to finish with two things. I want to read that passage again from Ephesians. And then I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to play a song that has ministered to me deeply. I came across it online this week by Audrey Asad. And I believe that the words are beautiful, will minister to us and speak into these realities. And then we're going to take communion together because it is the meal of this kingdom that we belong to. Is that a good plan? So let me read Ephesians then the song, and then communion. Ephesians 1 again said this, that God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all.